Welcome back to another episode of On the DL. Are we starting the camera? Oh, I should probably do that. All right, go. Um, I'm Danielle. And I'm Linda. So, hey, what's up? Thanks for hanging out with us for another episode. Honestly, if you've come this far, you've come far. You really have, and uh, <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope you guys enjoy the stories as much as we do. It's really so do. funny. I haven't really seen you this week. No, it makes me sad. What the hell? I know. Thank God for this, because I would never see you. Uh, we can't. We had to figure that out. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Um, so my mom's coming up. She's actually going to be here Saturday. Oh, fine. She'll be here for the week. And I think we're going to my sister's. And I mean, I think afterwards we're coming here. Oh, yeah. We got to iron out we're, some details. We're going to have a party. Have, a, have ourselves a Probably party. Shop here. already drunk. <laughs> A bottle of tequila in my hand. <laughs> Taking an Uber. Happy Thanksgiving, Mom. Can you give me a ride? I'm 30. Asking my mom for a ride on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Shitty legs, and y'all, you're literally too much. I'm dead. Well, okay. Um, I actually really want to talk about really uncomfortable stories for thanksgiving because honestly yeah i mean think about it for thanksgiving sometimes it's like you're around family and you haven't seen family in a while and they're always asking all these questions and whatever i know that there are stories out there that are absolutely ridiculous and you're like wait actually mind your business literally i I found some actually pretty funny ones that um we could definitely share uh do you have an update on the las vegas strike so yes remember i said now um when we recorded last week, they were like, listen, if you don't give us what we want, we're going on strike on Friday, yeah. which was the 10th. So that was just a few days mm-hmm. ago, right? So they reached, and they're saying it's a temporary agreement because they need to get through this Formula One racing situation. Yeah. Um, but everyone's happy for the most part. They did sign new contracts, but I think they're going to probably keep negotiating t- till they get exactly what they want yeah but all i guess i don't want to say all's well i think they fought the good fight and they really up to the wire i think they said it was like 5 a.m friday and mgm was like the last one to come to the table like oh, literally wow. hours wow before they're like yo we're just gonna go lay out in the street dude like well, what's what's your Figure play here what's yeah. your play so, what did they settle on um so they were going for like better working conditions, like not the mandatory overtime. And I think they said the end of their five-year contract, they're going to be paid, I think, $35 an hour. So oh, they're, wow, getting, awesome. they're getting increases okay. every year or every however many months yeah. until they reach 35. And that's because it's like a five-year contract that they signed. Yeah. And then they'll they'll go back and have to do it again. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're good. And I, I guess they're happy. Everyone's happy about it. And also, I mean, I wasn't reporting on this reporting okay imagine you on the side of like (laughs) on the sideline f1 hello danielle rivera coming live from the formula one racing in las vegas yeah can you imagine we're drunk but (laughs) i would be drunk what was it the guys that do um the new year's eve anderson was it anderson cooper i think he was the one who did it yeah and he got drunk and they were like sorry you can't I'm fucking you dead. Can't do it. You can't get drunk. But there. it's New Year's. That's what he said. He's Aww. like, it's New Year's Eve. But I, you gotta let me drink. Yeah, you're you're making me work on New Year's. That would you're be like getting if, half of the work because I'm gonna be drunk. That would be in my contract. If I was, <laughs> if I was reporting for anything, I need to have a shot. <laughs> Thanks. And then when I'm done, I need another one. His flask. 
<laughs> it would be me. It'd be like my little lipstick case, but it would be like alcohol. Literally. You know what I mean? That's um, hilarious. But no, we didn't. I didn't do any like talking about this, but the SAG-AFTRA strike mm-hmm. also, they came to an I agreement. saw that. So it's kind of cool. Like we saw, um, I think there was like five different unions go on strike like around now, which Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. Like, okay, it was the Hollywood actors, so SAG-AFTRA, the Mm -hmm. UAW, the Portland teachers. Now, teachers unions are like really powerful and they have like pensions. and Nurses too. Oh, okay. Yeah, Um, nurses strike a lot. And then the casino employees. So there was one, two, like four different organizations that were Mm -hmm. like, fuck you pay me yeah the end just pay me like that <laughs> fuck you pay me right. and then i'll keep working otherwise find yourself someone else to exploit the end right period exactly <clears throat> so yeah i guess all good in the hood i love that for them <laughs> so let's plan our vegas trip <laughs> yes well i mean definitely after this formula one racing i mean this is like the worst time yeah to go to so vegas my right client now. had to go to a conference meeting okay. in vegas this week, where when the Formula One racing was going on, he said that the night before the race was happening, it was like three hundred and fifty dollars for the room. The same exact room for the next night, which was fifteen hundred. Twenty five hundred. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Literally just one extra night and he was so confused he had no idea what was going on. So when he called, he was like, I don't know, I think there's like a mistake and they're like, Nope. That's, That's just how much it is. is. So you guys are crazy. Doll. They sold over, I mean, they were saying over 10,000 tickets at however much do you sell tickets for Formula One racing. I don't That's get wild. Formula One racing. I don't even know what it is. They said that there it's was not NASCAR. one. There is a There is a specific broom. Okay, this broom. Is, room oh. that you can stay in. Okay. Like, Okay, broom. I'm like, for what? To like sweep the streets for the racing cars? <laughs> they get on the broom and they race on the broom. <laughs> What? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Room. Okay, the room. Uh, There's like a very specific room. I don't know the details, but because I half listened to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was going for like a million dollars a night. What? Why? And people were fighting over it. Who was fighting over it? Billionaires fighting over this million dollar room. How long are these races? They can't be very long. Oh, wait. He told me. I think he said it was only like a weekend thing. But it's not like an Indianapolis 500 where they just go Go around and around and around. I mean, think about it. Like... I said last week, $560 million. That's ridiculous. To redo the strip so the Formula One racing cars can, like, I guess go down it. I don't know. That's it. The strike is is over for now until the next thing is striking. Yeah. I I do know that the nurses strike a lot because their conditions are fucking terrible. And they don't get paid shit. They get mandatory overtime as well. And they don't get paid for it. But, like, the nurses who are doing it are the kindness of their heart, right? Like, genuinely want to be nurses. They're going to – they're not going to just leave their patient. They're going to stay, but they don't get paid for it. So they're always striking. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was, um, like, on shows, like, uh, what was that one? Suits. Mm-hmm. There was, like, a whole, like, part of the season that was, like, about, like, the nurses striking. They just don't give a shit. Like, people just don't care. It's kind of disturbing. It's so sad. This is what we're looking at in uh, late stage capitalism. That's what's happening. But yeah, I just, um, I'm happy. I'm happy that people can, we have the ability to fight for more. I'm happy for the fact that we have unions. Thank God. Because if it wasn't for them, you know, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. True story. 
But since it's Thanksgiving, this is coming out the week of Thanksgiving, um, I definitely want to start this episode with some funny, lighthearted stories. <laughs> Do you want to read them? Because I can't read. You can read. Fine. So before you start, I want to, because I, when she told me this idea, I was like, oh, and of course I have to like start looking. And I read this one story and yeah. I'm just going to do it by memory because it's just so <laughs> like ostentatious. Is that, is that the oh word? Oh my God. What is that is, a good I've word? I don't know. It's like completely. What does that mean? Unhinged. I don't know. Okay. Just sounds really I need good. To add I just that to my repertoire, my as well. vocabulary. I have to try to use it, even if I'm not using it right. I don't even care. I guarantee but it was, you, no one's gonna know that you're gonna be using like, it what, is, what does that mean? I don't know. Google. Um. So there was this one story that I read, and this woman, actually, yeah, I think it was a woman. She's like, um, this is back in the '90s, mm-hmm. and she invited a bunch of neighbors over to do Thanksgiving at her house. So she was hosting. And she's like, all was going well. Everyone was having a good time. You know, we were sitting down to dinner. And um, they start talking about, like, Thanksgiving's past. Like, you know, past years and Thanksgiving. Like, I guess what they did. And there's this one woman, one neighbor lady, she called her. One neighbor lady was like, you know, I always get really sad around Thanksgiving because one Thanksgiving day I came downstairs and my pet parrot was just, like, dead in his cage. And I was like, oh, my God that's so sad like what happened was he like an old bird because you know birds like they literally live forever yeah you know and they're like she's like no he was 20 years old and he was vibrant and he was literally just talking in his cage the night before and she was you know talking about this bird and the kids uh the woman's son he's eating dinner casually looks up and he goes he died because he was poisoned everyone's like what what it was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, that fucker wouldn't shut up. Oh, my God. So I put some pesticides in his water. Oh, my God. And the, 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 uh, the lady was like, oh, my God. And she starts crying and, like, oh flees the room. God. Now, like, everyone and this woman, right, it's she like goes. this burning fucking on my things. Yeah. The, there's, like, 16 people at the table. And oh she's like, everyone God. is slack-jawed. Everyone's like, like what? Yeah, what, I what wouldn't know fuck? what to say either. And, like, I guess everyone's kind of, like, silence. It's like the guy's still eating, like, so casually. And then <laughs> he like, looks up. These didn't give up. Yeah, d- didn't even care that his mom was literally in tears. And she ran from the room. And he looks up and he goes, I should probably take care of that. And then he leaves. And everyone's just like. What? Like, yeah, that's your mom. Go take care of her. What just happened? You literally just poisoned your you poisoned your mom's bird. Bird. Who does that on Thanksgiving? That fucker wouldn't. She stop was talking. thankful for that bird, and you poisoned it. You killed her bird because he wouldn't stop yapping. That's so bad. I want to know what the bird was saying. Oh, pretty bird. I wish that's what they say. Sometimes those birds are kind of annoying. Not gonna lie. I mean, they don't deserve to die, be poisoned. What did he poison that bird with? He said, I put some pesticides in the water. What? Where did you Google this? I don't know. That is the making of a murder. Oh, my God. That maybe make- maybe that's, what he, maybe he that's murders- where he's at now. Maybe he's in jail. <gasps> maybe he's in jail. He's probably in jail. He killed somebody. <laughs> All right, here you go. It's your time to shine, my sweet angel. Oh, is this the beginning of them? Um, I don't know. You gotta look. Okay. 
During a childhood Thanksgiving, my mom's candles caught the kitchen curtains and some decorative greenery on fire. My sister, my cousins, and I were at the kids' table in the kitchen while the adults were in the dining room. So no one of significance noticed except me. Before we started eating, my mom threatened us with pain of death (laughs) if we annoyed the adults during dinner. So when the fire uh, got out of hand, I quietly walked to the dining room and stood silently for a minute or two until someone noticed me. Only then did I politely say, sorry, but the kitchen's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody noticed? Nobody smelled anything burning? (laughs) You left your children in the kitchen and it's on fire. Are you fucking kidding me? Your kid is so scared of you. (laughs) They stood in the entryway. I'm scared. Don't want to say that something's on fire. Are you kidding me? Oh my I'm god. Just stood there for a minute or two. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, nobody noticed you for a minute or two. Your mom's scary. <laughs> okay, next one. My grandpa and grandma got divorced and grandpa eventually remarried. One Thanksgiving, during the what are we most thankful for portion of dinner, my not so well grandpa stood up and declared that he regretted letting my grandma divorce him and that it was the biggest mistake of his life right in front of his new wife <laughs> stop that's so awkward Can, what what do you do you're just like i don't know i think i would like laugh it off <laughs> i feel like we should take a shot <laughs> <laughs> what do you do i don't know because like even if i was one of the, the kids like his kids i think i would burst out laughing just make it funny. You got it. At that point, like this man just sat right back down, and was like, and that's that's all I, I have to say it. about that. Fuck this bitch over here. Yo, her Brussels sprouts suck. Do you taste those things? Yeah. Like what? Okay. <clears throat> a family friend who happened to be a lesbian thought it would be a good idea to carry at least twenty plates across the living room before Thanksgiving dinner, like the Cirque du Soleil. What do you mean? I think she was just carrying them. Like, like it was what? time for dinner and you were bringing the plates, so she was like carrying twenty plates. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> Not like with I her thought feet. she was. I thought she was trying to play Cirque du Soleil with the plates. No. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe like spinning, spinning them the- around. The- <laughs> <laughs> Give a little show before <laughs> dinner. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um. She thought it would be a good idea to carry at least 20 plates across the living room before Thanksgiving dinner. In a shocking surprise to absolutely no one, she dropped all the plates on the floor. Then my grandfather, who barely knows this friend, says the most infamous words in our family's history. You know those lesbians, slippery fingers. Oh. <laughs> Grandpa! Grandpa! What do you mean? What are you saying? Oh my god. Infamous words, bitch. They yeah, yeah. Those words will live it in infamy. Stop it. Grandpa. Okay. This was back in the eighties, aka no Google. We finished our Thanksgiving dinner and everyone was cleaning up. Somehow a button broke off of the dishwasher. So my grandfather grabbed some super glue to fix it. He ended up gluing his hand to the front of the dishwasher. The adults tried to free him. (laughs) 
to no avail. So my father had to quite literally dismantle the dishwasher door with my father, with my father's hand super glued to the front of it. He carried the door with my grandfather attached to the what, emergency room. Where did they go? To the back of our station wagon and brought the conjoined duo to the local emergency room. Not the station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the wood pa- paneling conjoined on the side. Conjoined duo. Oh my god. <laughs> they waited for several hours only to be set free by a nurse who happened to have nail polish remover in her locker. <laughs> oh, that's good. So he had his whole hand? His like, whole like hand the, the, was glued the to whole the hand. Like, what are you doing? Why you, you had they your had whole to... hand full of glue? What the hell were you doing? I don't fucking know. But imagine you sitting in the, in the emergency room because you like... I don't know, split your chin open or something. You see this guy walking with a whole entire dishwasher door. Okay, I can't. Hand, but who frees him? A nurse with nail glue in her locker. Nurses doing the Lord's work. I'm fucking dead. Saving idiots. Those were so funny. I had to. I had to share. Always, we have to share the funny stories. Thanksgiving buffoonery. I think Grandpa was my favorite, though. That was hilarious. Slippery fingers. Grandpa. Stop, grandpa. It is Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think that's the best Stop time to do it. it, right? Act like a, act a fool. Out of the shit. It's always the old people acting a fool. <clears throat> you know why? Because they don't care. Yeah, think about so it. Like, when shit. you get old, what are you going to lose? I don't care either. I don't fuck about it. I mean, now, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm older. I don't care what anyone thinks anymore. I mean, I'm only 29. I quite literally couldn't. I like, yeah, I don't care. I'm unhinged. That's the end. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) So since we we're we're getting into the holiday season, obviously. Right. And um, a lot of people get really depressed around the holidays, Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not they are like lonely. Maybe they uh, lost somebody, maybe I don't know. Whatever it is, maybe they don't have family to to celebrate with, or yeah, people. yeah. So it's hard. Some it's hard for a lot of people. And um, also, the month of November is Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, and um, something called Movember, which is like when they start to grow out their mustaches <clears throat> and solid, yeah. like you know, mental uh, men's mental health awareness. And um, so I did want. To talk about that, and uh, I, I think I said this last week. We, I had a couple people, not just one, tell me that I, I hate on men too much, and uh, I should not be doing that, and and whatever. Blah 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 blah. Um, so this one's for the for the men. This one's for the this guys. One's for the homies. And then I think it's gonna. I mean, it's really any if it resonates with you, take it. Um, well, I think it's really important to talk about, and I think. <clears throat> It just shows um, how far we've come as a society to to bring awareness. You know, so much of like what we talk about, like you're a man, you shouldn't have feelings, and don't don't show your feelings and whatever. Like, it's a real thing, and like you know, being able to. I mean, we shouldn't just dedicate a month, but it's very important. I'm actually really happy that we're doing this because. It's so important to bring awareness to men's mental health. And again, we're 
at a great place right now as a society where we are bringing that to the forefront of a lot of people's minds. You know what I mean? Well, that's and as much we as we want to talk shit about guys. And listen, there are a lot of you that. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Your mental health means everything to, to everybody. Yeah, you, know yeah. I mean? you have it's people important. in your life that care about you, and I think that that's really important yeah. to, to say. So I'm going to share my story, and I'm not going to get into too many details because I'm just not. I lost somebody um, to suicide last year. Um, he was my partner. We were together for like a little over a year. Um, there was so many, there's like so many signs and I think you kind of like, you're with somebody every day and you kind of sometimes like brush some stuff off, like, eh, you know, like, ugh, like, yeah. I don't know why you're cranky about this or like why you're upset about that yeah. or, you know, it's hard to maneuver, um, somebody that's got, that's pretty deep in their mental health Have struggle. you ever had to deal with somebody like that before? I mean, I've dealt with people that were, like, addicts before, you know, um, there's addicts in my family. Mm -hmm. So, like, I definitely take it seriously. I yeah. definitely, um, like, I get it. I understand the importance of taking care of your mental, like, I get it. Um, <clears throat> so, that was, when we, when we finally lost him, that was not the first time that he tried. Um, okay. At least not that. with me. I don't know what happened before me, obviously. Um, I don't really ask. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I, I just don't, I just don't want to. Yeah, wanna. of course not. Yeah. Um, but the first time I actually ended up calling, um, calling the, the police to like go there and they caught him and he ended up spending, you know, some time in whatever ward that they, you know, like he yeah. was committed for probably, probably about 10 days. And I did see, like, a difference when he came out. I noticed he was going to therapy. He was taking medication. He seemed very, like, it wasn't so up and down. Yeah. He was very, like, I mean, like, most, I don't want to say like most men, like, a lot, of, a lot of people, period. They're stubborn, you know? Yeah. And they're like, I don't want this. I don't like the way that this makes me feel. Or I don't like doing this. And I don't want to talk to this person. But I think it's more so prevalent, I guess, in men. Because, like, again, it's like the pride. It's the... Like, I, it almost seems like you're weak, you know, admitting that you have issues or admitting that uh, you need that help or you yeah. need that whatever, that uh, support. So I noticed pretty much right away when he stopped taking his medication, I'm like, Something's I, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to start like a fight, but like, are you still taking your medication? He's like, no, I don't like the way it makes me feel. I'm like, okay. Like, but you, you can't like argue. Yeah, of course you know? not. Right. So we stuck it out for a few more months and uh, we had gone away and we had gotten in some pretty big fights when we went away because we were volatile. Like, and I was mm. always trying to de defend myself or like stand up for myself. And yeah. when I came back, I was like, dude, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And uh, like, it was like we fought and then he told me, he's like, no, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, dude, why would you say that? Like, yeah. You know, you almost like, it's not that I didn't believe him, but I guess I just didn't want to believe him. And, uh, like, I think one of the last things I said to him was like, I, listen, I love you. Like, I don't want anything bad happening to you. I really hope that you're not, you know, like, 
doing anything crazy. Like I didn't call the cops. I'm like, Shh. I was like, no, because he's just going to get mad at me. Yeah. And then uh, it was like the next day I get a text message saying that he didn't show up to work. Mm-hmm. And I like kind of knew right away. I was like, fuck, oh, no. Yeah. And I was texting with his mom. And I'm like, no, I haven't heard from him. And she's like, okay, well, his dad's going to go over there after he does this lawn. And I was like sitting in bed. And I'm like, I can't. I can't sit yeah. here. I can't. I got to go. Like drive over to his house. Like all the doors are locked. I can't get in. I'm like trying to figure out a way that I can get in. His dad pulls up. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. And uh, we were like, again trying to get in the house. So I finally go up like at the back and from his porch, you can reach the bathroom window. Okay. And I, it was open. So I slid the window open and I saw the dog. I was like, hey, Ziggy. And uh, I ended up letting the dog out. I, I opened the back door so his dad and his dad's friend could get in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he was not in the apartment, but the bedroom door was closed. Okay. And uh, I couldn't open the door. You sure you want to get into detail? Uh, no, I don't. So anyways, I don't think you have to. We ended up we ended up finding him and that's like what that's what went down and I think that I'm not really sure what telling my side of the story is going to do. It's just I really want Well, I think I think a lot of it has, you know, if there's one thing that you could take away from it, it's you know, I'm sure you felt your world stops in that moment, of like course. everything absolutely stops and you know Fast forward a year. First, I always tell you all the time that you're one of the strongest human beings I've ever met in my entire life. And I, 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 I couldn't fathom. Like, it's, it's for me, it's not something that I could even imagine. You know what I mean? So, like, living through that, I, I can't even imagine. But I think for you, wanting to share your story and bringing awareness to it, I think you have this innate ability to be able to have people thinking in a different way and i think if you can share this part of your life that was absolutely life-changing yeah you know it's literally life-changing you know what i mean for everybody and i think maybe you seeing the signs and being able to you know share with people different signs or i don't know it's just again it's for me it's the unimaginable yeah so it's like I can't – and I think, you, first of all, sharing your story is absolutely – thank you for sharing your story. I feel like you've been tithering with the idea for a little bit. I don't ever want to overshare, but I, I think one of the things that I really want to, like, hit home with this part, with this episode, is that, like, you're, you're like, not alone. And I've said it before yeah. in previous po- uh, episodes. You're not alone. Like, you're – there's so many other people that you know have felt like you are feeling like you um you know and i just think that it's important to just like get it out there and be like you know you're not by yourself like yeah. you're not you're not alone no, it's true and i it, being able to touch you know having a platform i mean it's not the biggest platform ever but having a platform period to be able to to tell men specifically, it's okay, and you're not alone, and there is help. Like, you can get help. You know what I mean? It's so important, because I think that's, like, the biggest thing, like, we were talking about, like, 
men suppressing their, you know, emotions. And yes. it's like, we're, we're, we're living in a different world. You know what I mean? We really like, are. I'm sorry, but, you know, oftentimes it's so overlooked. Like, if you're, you know, feeling some type of way, you aren't alone. And there is help. And you said something earlier about um, checking in on your friends. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important. And um, I know you have like a like your personal view on it, but I think actually just going out of your way if you haven't talked to anybody in a really long time to actually genuinely see how they're doing. Yeah, just checking in. But that's I feel like that's just being a friend. Yeah. Uh, just in in general, like I uh, I have my feelings on like because when you know when Twitch from Ellen DeGeneres this Mm -hmm. was like right around the time like maybe like a couple months after we lost my partner I got like kind of mad like I got really angry Mm -hmm. when everyone's posting like make sure you check on your friends tell people that you love them I got like really really upset because like I and this is gonna sound so bad but I wanted to be like it doesn't fucking matter and it, yeah, it, it sounds like it sounds moment. so terrible when I say it out loud. It doesn't fucking matter because like I was so upset because that was like one of the that was one of the last things that I said. Yeah. Well, I think I think for you, the, the reason why it upset you so much, too, in that moment, like you experienced it on a deeper level and checking in on somebody is not going to change how they feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this one friend checked on me. So like, no, like this is like an actual you know, like some when somebody's dealing with like that mentally, like that it has it's been there for a long time. It's been brewing for a long time. Yeah, it's been growing for a long time. And if you're actually seeing it, it's it's been part of their lives for a very long time. You know, because the people will suppress those those emotions, especially you know suicidal thoughts. You know, it doesn't just oh you thought about it once and you start talking about it. No, no this creep. is this is this has been something that's been you know part of that person's life for a long time and just checking in on your friends not going to change that and I think that's why it bothered you so much because it also in your mind speaking for you you know it's not going to bring somebody back you know what I mean but um it is important like I was telling Danielle like I sometimes do wellness checks on my friends (laughs) although we are all rather unhinged and it's usually like (laughs) my life shit and I'm like oh my god me too I'll check in next week but I think it is important to just check on your loved ones um, all right. So since we're, we're keeping it, we're keeping it geared towards the guys, right? Um, I have some stats about men's mental health specifically. Okay. Um, so for men, so 10% of men actually do experience eating disorders, but interesting, less than half of that get treatment for it. Interesting. Right. I thought that was the, uh, whoa, we always think it's like a girl thing, thing right? I yeah, I never ever wait, this makes sense. I had a guy once tell me straight up that he had like body dysmorphia and that's why he had zero fat in his body. He worked out like worked out twice like crazy, a day. right? Yeah. Oh my god, I never thought about that. That is that's disordered. Eating mm. like eating like a yeah. like a weirdo like doing well that that whole like carb cycling and like all that stuff you do for the yeah. gym can really like mess you up, especially like like totally. all the people that are doing um like shows like well, yeah, those physique are and all that stuff literally messing with your hormones. Like girls lose their periods on I their know, shows. One I know one person that actually lost her hair because she was oh, yeah, she did 100%. so many in a row. Like girl, oh my what? God, no. 
Um, okay. <clears throat> 75% of suicides are men. Wow. 75%. Wow, I did not um, know that. And while more women attempt, okay. men are four times as likely to die wow. from suicide because they're a little bit more... Uh, I guess, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, aggressive. Like, okay, they will go and grab a gun or yeah, something like I that's something like that's like, try that, like pills or something. Yeah, yeah, like it's a little bit, it's softer. So they'll try, but they won't succeed. But men succeed four times more wow. than women do. This is nuts. And you know, I was actually sitting at lunch today with one of my friends, and he told me he, you know, two friends, two men. Mm-hmm. One of his friends or acquaintances actually went into the bathroom because he just, he he's like, well, I guess it's because he didn't really want to make a mess. I'm like, how don't how do you know that? But in the ba- in the bathroom, and another man, his kids were home, so we went out to the shed. Like when the decision is made, I think like I don't I don't can't. really know how much you can sway it, <clears throat> which is yeah. I think the that's why the men's mental health awareness is like so important because you have to catch it before they get to that that point before, of no before return. that yeah before that decision is made you know That's what i so mean scary, yeah. um what else over six million men suffer from depression but it goes underdiagnosed. so even if they're saying six million it's probably more because yeah wow because they're oh not my gosh and this is this is the united states like these are the stats that i was looking up in the united states there's there's a UK study that's actually a little crazier. It's higher. Really? Interesting. Um, three, uh, over 3 million men are, suffer from panic disorders, agoraphobia, or any other kind of phobia. Um, 25% of all men live with some sort of mental illness. So I saw one that said 25%, and I, said, I saw one that said one in five. So basically, it's like 20, 25%. Gotcha. And these are from like, I read a few different studies. Okay. So 2.3 million Americans are affected by bipolar disorder, and it's an equal number of men and women. Okay. So. Bipolar is really scary too. Bipolar, schizophrenia. It's really sad. The next one, the leading cause of disability is schizophrenia. Really? That's the leading cause of disability. So 90% of those diagnosed by age 30 are men. Wow. Schizophrenia actually comes up later in life. You don't you don't see it yeah, no. until you're in your mid twenties. Right. But yeah, it doesn't come up until like you're in your twenties until like your what is it? Your hypothermis or something? Or something you're in your brain. Me for about science questions. It's like it's like happen. more developed, I guess. Okay. But that's your when those lobe. I guess. Ninety percent of those diagnosed are men. Wow. Ninety. Wow. By age thirty. <gasps> that's crazy. Oh, and then I saw some uh, so this other stat. Um, this one really, really like got me. I told you I was watching like TikToks, like specifically on men's mental health. Um, one man every sixty seconds, and five hundred and ten thousand men per year die by suicide. Wow! And I'm like, that's uh, those numbers to that's me are stag- are staggering and like really yeah. overwhelming to like think about. I, 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 can't, I like can't wrap my head well, around I think, it. I think it's the pressures of society too. 
like I know we joke around sometimes like on the podcast where you're like the men have to do everything and you should be the the whatever and blah 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 but it's mm-hmm. like the pressures I'm sorry that the pressures are crazy you know you have to you know if you're making the lower six figures it's like oh you didn't really make it you know what I mean and it's like oh you didn't get married by 40 oh you didn't really make it or like yep. you know you didn't make a name for yourself or you know you were forced into a marriage that you didn't want because it was what you were supposed to do and you had kids that you didn't want because that was what you're supposed to do and like you know not being able to like have like a a, a voice yeah. you know not being able to have a voice or or say no or you know I think it goes for both men and women I think it's been like it's just the pressures of society of needing to be more needing to do more well yeah it, I mean the, the men typically are in the provider role so you again I said this before that it almost seems like it's weakness by admitting that you have an issue or you're feeling or you're feeling something you know and um also statistically speaking um men kind of fall into more self-destructive behaviors as well like drinking too much doing drugs yeah um getting violent finally like their escape yeah else to find out. um and well, they especially avoid... if they don't look at therapy in a positive way it's like mm-hmm. they are going to resort to substance abuse yep let's see oh they avoid or delay seeking treatment because of concerns about being treated differently or due to perceptions that having a mental health issue diminishes their masculinity wow which is what we were saying like they're in this provider role yeah. and you can't not be a provider and you better man up and boys don't cry and all of that which is really kind of sad and scary um and then i was saying i i did uh like a uk study as well so i'm going to read some of that because before that was just the united states yeah now this is polled in the uk and it's saying one in eight um, report experiencing symptoms for mental health problems. 35.2% of men think they had a diagnosable mental health condition at some point in their life. A fifth of men, which is kind of like the same like here, mm-hmm. have been diagnosed for mental health conditions confirmed by professionals. Three quarters of registered suicide deaths in the UK in 2020 were for men. Wow. Um, 191,000 men a year report stress, depression, or anxiety caused or made worse by work. And um, this is giving some of the reasons why men don't talk about their mental health. Um, 40% said, I've learned to deal with it. 36% said, I don't wish to be a burden to anyone. 29% said, I'm embarrassed. 20% said, there's a negative stigma around this type of thing. 17% said, I don't want to admit I need support. 16% said, I don't want to appear weak. And 14% said they have no one to talk to. That is so fucking sad. Yeah. That is so sad. So if you can be the friend, at least, you know, that smaller percentage has to at least talk to somebody, I feel like it's so important. Oh, my God. That that really rattles me because I'm just like thinking, wow, like, well, I'm just like thinking about like the men in my life, like father, you know, uncle, they're all amazing. And I just. You never think about it. No. It's such a, like a silly thing to say, and I feel terrible saying that, but like, I don't ever think like, oh, how's my father's mental? You know what I mean? I never no. think about that because no. I'm always like, my dad is doing what 
dads are supposed to do. Yeah, yeah he's doing like, the dad he's thing. He's a normal person. He's just a human being. It really is kind of crazy. That, you know, your father, your uncle, your, you know, mentor, your whatever is just a human being at the end of the day. And they have, they have feelings. Yeah. They do. That's so sad. I wonder where, like, they come from. Like, is it stemming from, like, societal issues? I think there's some societal issues. I think that there's, I mean, and I'm just, this is me speculating because I don't have the stats on that. No, I mean, me it, it could be generational, like, you know, stuff yeah. like that, you know, mental can be, mental health can be passed down, yeah. you know, if it runs in your family. Um, you could have had a traumatic experience when you were a, a young kid. I mean, yeah. I talk to my therapist all the time and that's like one of her big things. She's like, listen, a lot of the reasons why you're acting the way that you're acting right now is because you didn't feel safe when you were a kid because of, you know, X, this y, going Z, on or yeah. this going on. And, you know, like we get deep. She like loves talking about the, my inner child. I'm like, oh God, I hate uh, can we not? Child. I blocked that out for a reason. Literally, she doesn't exist anymore. Stop um, it. So there's uh, like a number of reasons why it could come up. And um, so like I was saying before, like the I think bringing awareness and starting to like look for signs if you do if you're you know close to somebody or if you're like near someone or whatever like watch the signs that could lead to something more tragic treacherous um i don't know what the the word the good the good word better word for it is um so some signs um in many cases men and women do not differ in the symptoms they will experience when they are struggling with their mental health if you're concerned you or someone else might be suffering from mental health issues, consider these common signs and symptoms. Um, persistent sense or worry. So that's so if they're worrying of, all the time. Yeah, that's kind of obvious. Um, overwhelming feelings of sadness. Um, this is a big one. Withdrawal from friends and family. So if you Dis- disconnect from people. Yeah, if you see someone pulling back or if you don't see them as much, like maybe check in and be like, hey. Like, Miss you. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, feeling tired or fatigued. And physical symptoms like shortness of breath or headaches. Interesting. So it can it can totally be physical. Well, yeah. I mean, think about the amount of stress that you're putting your body through when you're constantly thinking. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. When you're constantly thinking about something like that, the amount of stress that your body goes through. And then it might trickle down. You might start getting eating disorders. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And then... We'll when you're already manifest. in a stressful state, if I get my fucking pocket stuck on the door, I'm like, my day's done. Yeah, the, today's the day. That's so it's it. like, I'm going I back can't to imagine, bed. like, if, you know, you're, you're having that weighing on you all the time for years and years and years. My God, yeah, that's going to do something. I didn't even think about that. Um, so those symptoms, you know, are pretty universal. Um, but some signs are more common in men than they are in women. Okay. And I kind of started talking about those before. Um, substance abuse okay. is one. Um, like drinking. Binge drinking. Anger and irritability, like flying off the handle. Yeah. Like at when something that, I, you know, we'd be like, why are you, why are you so mad? Like that's, yeah. that's a sign. Um, working obsessively, like kind of like retreating and throwing yourself into work is a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sleep problems and then reckless behavior which I think kind of ties into substance abuse, drinking too much, just kind yeah, you of. start flying off the hinges. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. I mean, well, thank you for sharing those because I feel like, you know, oftentimes, you know, you see like, there's a huge, there's a, there's a spike in teenage 
suicide as well, specifically in young girls. But um, there's a huge spike in teenage um, uh, suicide. So it's easy to look at, like, you know, like a 19-year-old boy, you know, starts doing all this stuff. And, oh, he's just a boy. Yeah, that's just, just acting what boys out. do. He's just a kid. Guys he do. doesn't get it. Yeah. And then it trickles down into their, their you know, 30s, 40s. And it becomes, it, just saying, it yeah. could become something else. I would think that um, when you're seeing it in teenagers or if it's being more, it's uh, there's a spike. The, like, bullying, like, cyberbullying. Oh, my God, so sad. Um, social media, honestly. Dude, the social pressures, I can't even get into it. I hear... So many of my friends who are older who have kids, like the social pressure that it's scary. these kids go through is nuts. Yeah. And like, I mean, at 16 years old, I don't know what the hell was going on. You know what I mean? I can't imagine at 16 years old, like I look, look at some of my younger cousins who are, you know, early teens, mid teens. I need a nose job. I need what? to do this, that, and the other. I need to dress this way. And, and I'm like, what no, is going stop it. on? Especially if you don't have access to that or like you can't get something or you don't have somebody to talk to or a therapist. I think it's very important to point out, you know, getting your kids accustomed to therapy. At a young and age. listen, not everybody believes in therapy and that's fine. But as, you know, a parent, I think it's very important to be able to talk to your kid. Yeah. Be the comfort, be the safe space that your kid has in their home. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is like a, a kid being scared to talk to their parents or their loved ones about what's going on in their mind or what's bothering them. You know, I grew up in a household where it was like, you don't cry. You don't show emotion. It's like tough fucking love. Like if you yeah. got screamed at, it's because you deserved it. And I'll go think about what you did. You know what I mean? It was like, it's very scary. It was very hush hush. Like you don't talk about that. Like that's why you reading some of this, it's like, especially with albanian men like this alpha blah, 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 like you got to be this that and the other oh my god you you it's scary yeah it's scary to see it you know what i mean and they don't grow out of it and it starts in their teenage years especially when a when a teen a young boy doesn't feel comfortable you know talking to anybody i think it's important just to like i said create a safe space for your kids to be able to talk about their mental health or just make them realize like it's okay to talk about your mental health or what's on your mind or what's bothering you you know what i mean what are you thinking about like creating that environment for your kid i think is probably one of the most important things to instill in their teenage years because that's when they need you the most yeah no, and that's you're what's right. going to set them up well, when they're older as well i think that um millennials now that are having kids you know, it's just, it's a different time now. You yeah. know, I was like, my parents were boomers, you know, like it was a very much a pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality and get it together. I actually remember one time one of my parents said to me, I don't understand why you're so sad. It's not like anybody died. Like, and I was like in my teens. It's yeah, like, like, not what? like anyone died. I don't understand why you're so upset. Like, why are you so sad all the time? Like, I think we all got that at some <laughs> point. Like, what? <laughs> I think Ooh. we all got that at some point. Like, one little thing, and it was like, nobody died. But, yeah, like, why are you so upset? Did you die? Like, and get like, up. Quit. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. But that was the mentality. Like, that's that pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's when, that's when, like, PTSD, like, wasn't even, like, a thing. No. Like, people going to war, they just, they just come back funny. The, you know, it wasn't like And they like pump a, them with fucking drugs. Don't get me started with that chick. That when, you know, like sometimes when you're like, don't get me started on Reagan. Oh, <laughs> yes. Don't get me started on what they do to men 
in the army. That, <clears throat> you know, like Kim Kardashian's like, I want to reform the government, whatever. I, if I had the power to reform that, oh my gosh, I don't know what they do to these guys in the army, but when they come back, like the guy in Maine, the serial killer, I didn't realize he was a soldier. What guy in Maine? What are you talking about? The serial killer. They found him dead. This is, wait, what? This is recent? Okay, where the fuck, where have you been, <laughs> I bitch? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Oh my God, he was, Maine was on lockdown. For real? Literally, he went up into a bar, shot 20 people. Oh. This is an active duty military personnel. Was he in I don't war? know exactly what he did, but he was still part of the army. This man had guns, Ooh. lots of them. Yeah. And he was running around killing people. Maine was literally on lockdown. When he came back from war, because obviously you could still go back, you know, like you're still part of it, yeah, whatever. Yeah. When he came back, everybody's saying he's a little weird. Something's a little off. Hello? Something's a little off. Well, where was but he no, But nobody was listening. Nobody was listening. Nobody fucking cared. And obviously he did what he did. And may those people rest in peace. It's so fucking sad. But like he was another one that was literally came back and was suffering so fucking bad. And nobody cared. Nobody cared. Like, you're going through such trauma. You're watching people die. Oh, yeah. On a daily basis. Mm -hmm. You are literally being trained to kill somebody. To kill someone. You're being trained to kill. Yeah. And then you bring them back into the States and hope that they just... Reintegrate. Into society. And say, guess what? You get some cheap movie tickets at some point. What? Oh, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. They, they treat them like shit, and they're like, here's some drugs to get over your PTSD. Maybe we'll start with therapy. Dude, again, I'm not going to even get into it because it makes me so angry. It makes me so angry. Like, I, I see stories sometimes of, like, the women who, like, their husbands come back from war, and he's just not the same, and he just, well, again, yeah, the disconnection of not mode. wanting to. And, you know, some a lot of them commit suicide. Like to know that, yeah, stats. interested to see the stats on. I didn't do them for military. I just did them for just men in general. Yeah, like I feel like the military probably has, and it's just so sad because, like, like I said, they just hope that they come back, pump them with drugs, and they'll forget about everything and just morph right back into into society. And it's just so yeah. sad the way they the way they treat. Well, that's why there's so many veterans that are like homeless because they can't mm -hmm. like keep it together. No, you know, I don't like... blame them. They were in life or death situations for their country, and, they and then they just came back to their country, and they get shit. Out. Yeah, that's so fucked up. And they, they they literally risked their lives for this country. They come back to this country and get treated like shit. What? Yeah. It's here's up. here's a few bottles of drugs, and if those don't work, we'll try some new ones and we'll up them until the day you fucking die. Yikes. What? It's fucking sad. That's why I get so annoyed whenever I like. <clears throat> I get angry. Well, I get no, so that's angry. definitely something to be angry about. There's really... And it's like, I don't even know how you... I don't know, especially with everything going on right now and fucking Biden going on, telling people we're going to war with China. And I'm like, I'm not getting drafted. I'm not going oh to war. Oh, my God. Can you imagine <laughs> us getting drafted? Did you see those memes where it was I like did, the I women oh my God. going into war? It's like, oh, my God, I like your nail polish. What are we getting for lunch later? <sighs> it's so bad um but yeah i get i get um well that's definitely something to be heated about and that's something that i mean we should maybe look into so i feel like maybe if we make this bigger like a bigger you know what 
I like let's, this. Let's do this. Next November, we're going to have like a convention. Yeah. I like that. And then... You know what I mean? Let's, let's do a... You know how like some people do like uh, silent auctions, galas and stuff? Mm-hmm. We should work on that. I think if we start now for next year... We can we can really start making this a way bigger thing if we can, you know, um, raise money to help people who can't afford therapy or yeah. can't afford, you know, medication or, you know what I mean? Like, I think that would be great. I would love to do this. I I would too. I would really like that. Yeah, we should st- we should definitely start. We should definitely start that. Wow, this whole podcast just took a really long. I know we just turn. took a turn. We're gonna start a. We'll start our own foundation, or we'll or we'll join one and start fundraising for it, like I did um, last month. So October was um, Suicide Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and um, I did the walk, the yes. American Foundation for Suicide Prevention walk, um, and then I joined, obviously, my partner's family's team. We raised over four thousand dollars. That's awesome. We got top team. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, over 500 people were walked were walked that day. It was such a shitty day. It was like raining. It was like whatever, gross. But we walked. It was like a two mile walk, which is really nothing. Um, get involved in something like that. Yeah, I like the idea. This is the the Movember thing where they're growing. I mean, I can't grow. Yeah. Maybe I can grow a mustache. I, I could 100 percent grow a mustache. <laughs> grow it out for November. I get. I have one probably right now. <laughs> so ridiculous. And if anybody asks me, like, because it's for Movember. There you go. Um, all right. So I think what I want to do, um, I want to give out some numbers and some resources that you can, if you are feeling anyway. Or know somebody. Or know somebody that is, or, and this, I mean, I know this said this was like supposed to be for men's mental health, but this is for anybody. Yeah. Um, this is uh, the 988 Suicide and Crisis lifeline so you can literally just like pick up the phone and dial 988 and you can get somebody on the line with you if you need to talk if you don't have anybody that you feel comfortable talking to or if you feel like you're alone there's there's a number um there's a veterans crisis line okay which you were already talking about um you can call it's uh 800-273 8255 and press 1. So that's for veterans for a crisis. And then there is a crisis text line. If you don't want to get on the phone and actually talk to a person, that's okay too. Um, There is a number that you can text. You can text TALK to 741-741 to text with a trained crisis counselor for free. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So those are three things that you guys or if you need it, or if you know someone that needs it, pass it along. Um, just some resources that you guys can use. Yeah, thank um, you for sharing. And I think that uh, one thing I also want to say is, um, you know, this, this again, this is for the men. Um, I hope that you win the battle that no one knows about. I hope that you, you're here. There's a lot of people that care about you, as, even if you feel like they don't you have a lot of people that love you, you and uh i think that's like so i'm gonna start crying um so important to say um you are even if you think that you're not you're loved Absolutely. and you're not alone you're not alone 
Absolutely. And you're 100% not alone. And like I said, I think bringing awareness to men's mental health is just the first step. I think making a wave in this is going to really make a, a, a huge different difference in a lot of people's lives. Yes. And if that's something that we can absolutely do, we will, whether it's through our podcast, through, you know, something that we do later on down the line, it is so important. And I think you just knowing that, you know, you have so many people that actually genuinely care about you and you have so many resources. If you even need to talk to us, like send us a DM. <laughs> Seriously, literally, I'm not even joking. You send us a literally, DM. We're, we're all ears. So just know that you are absolutely not alone. You are not alone in this world. And if you ever feel like you're alone, reach out to somebody. You know, you have the yeah, numbers, numbers as well. You know, keep those with you. Um, Give them out to whoever you think needs them too. Just, just anyone. Even if you, you know, they're like, why are you telling me this? And you're like, no, just so you have it. Just yeah, so you have it. Keep it in your pocket. Just so you have it. Exactly. In Keep your it in your pocket. pocket. If you don't need it, that's amazing. And there is a lot of programs, specifically in Connecticut. I don't know about other states, but specifically in Connecticut, there are a lot of programs where you can get therapists for free. Yep. Uh, betterhelp.com. I hear that a lot. That is um, another cost-efficient way to find a therapist as well. Um, so there's definitely resources. I think, you know, feeling like you're only out is out like that is it's not your only option no, you have so many so people many that options. care about you and like i said if you need to talk to anybody yep. and you can't get a hold of anybody on the dl on the dl.pod seriously send us a dm literally we're here for you for real um okay Ooh. i think i think that's it it was heavy um i'm not gonna apologize because you i know, wanted it. I, I wanted to i be want everybody to this. know that this is important and you know what Talking about this, like like I said, it kind of sparked something in me. I'm like, wow, I really don't ever put that in the forefront of my mind. And hearing your statistics, yeah, blew my mind. That's a lot. It's that's a lot a to lot. take in. That that I gotta unpack that. That's that's a lot. And you know what? If you, you know, if you have a significant in your life, maybe just ask them how their mental's doing. Yeah, because they're probably suppressing a lot. Not, not probably, honestly. They, yeah. they, they are. You know, they there's are. a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on with working. It's it's rough out there. It's yeah. rough out there. And open, and open a line of communication with your significant other where they feel comfortable. And again, with your teenagers yeah. or kids, you know, safe space. Be, be the safe space for your child so they can always come to you for anything. And I think that's super important, especially as they're growing and, you know, growing into today's society with all the pressures. I mean, being able to, the point is to, catch it before anything ever happens so yeah not a doctor but no we do what we can we do um so thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of on the dl and um have a happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving and, and we'll see you soon next week all right bye bye <laughs>